know that. Your PlayStation looks like it's about to fucking fall off into the shelf. It kind of is. It's because I had it unplugged because uh, I was using my Switch on the television. Wow, that's new. Guess what I was using it to play? Fucking Payday! No, oh. Stardew Valley. I got real fucked up the other day and played Stardew Valley for five hours. Oh my god. It was amazing. Let me tell you, being incredibly inebriated and playing Stardew Valley is the most relaxing yet exciting thing in the world. Dude, I, I started a new farm, planted a hundred potatoes. <laughs> Can't this tell is, me. This is now a potato farm. All I have been making is potatoes. I named the farm Ketchup, and we're only, only going to do things that relate to ketchup-based foods. Oh, my God. So my theory is I'm going to sell these potatoes and get a bunch of french fries. Just going to make frisky fries. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, like, to make a bunch of... I'm going to get a bunch of cows on my farm. Just so. make frisky fries in... In game. Stardew Valley. In Stardew Valley. Yeah, I'm probably never going to touch that playthrough. Probably. But let me tell you, it was a really wonderful <laughs> evening I had. <laughs> but, um, so that, yeah, that's arguably the most exciting thing I've done in weeks. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, hi, welcome to Navi Tales. This is our actual open. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Nick. And we are a video game lore podcast yes indeed talk about the lore the story both told and untold today we are going to be talking about legend of zelda majora's mask fuck i was gonna get my hyrule historia i don't know where it is i don't care anymore good talk uh it's in my bedroom and that's really far away yeah the whole two floors away yeah i'm not fucking with stairs right now (laughs) I uh, was going to do that. But today we're going to be talking about Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Uh, the reason we're talking about Majora's Mask over any of the other Zeldas at this point is most it's the best. Mostly because <laughs> I want to. I'd go ahead and say it's a solid because I'm in the mood. Yeah. I think that's the majority of how we decide a things. A lot of our things, like some of our things are like, oh, relevant. Oh, people want this. Like. Oh, fuck. That's the other one I wanted to do. What's that anime game that everyone's playing? Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh I'm never going to play that. I think we should do a lore episode on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I told you that we had like a request for that. Yeah. And your exact response to me was, I can't be bothered to give a fuck. Right, but I, I was thinking, I was like, we don't get a lot of requests for games. I think you were just grouchy that day, because I'm pretty sure whatever we were talking before I I told you that, your response to that, like, whatever we were talking about was also, I couldn't be bothered to give a fuck. <laughs> so I think you were just in a bad mood. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something I'd say in a good mood, though. Just, yeah, that's true. Like, that's just kind of me. Uh, maybe we were talking about pencils and I got all salty with you. Nick and I are in maybe the biggest fight we've ever been in. Over pencils. I want you to, I want you listeners to comment us, tweet. Comment, tweet, tweet whatever. Comment on SoundCloud, goddamn right, an iTunes review and only talk about DM this. DM us, DM us on Instagram. Which is better? Mechanical pencil? Or, or fucking good pencils, normal pencils. Because I swear to God, fucking mechanical pencils are the worst. I can't write with a mechanical pencil because the lead is so fragile, it always breaks, and then it runs out, and then it jams. You know what doesn't jam? Half a tree. 
Okay, I don't know how you use mechanical pencils uh, I, with your I'm, goddamn sausage fingers. I'm kind of, first off, you are call, you are fat shaming my fingers right now, <laughs> and I don't respect that. Listen. You know that my hands are not made for, for, for fragile things. Listen. The tender touch of a woman is not something my hands feel very often. Listen. You don't have to, like, write with the force of God striking down when you, when you write with a pencil. And mechanical pencils running out. I literally take notes every single day when I was in college. Took notes every single day with a mechanical pencil. Multiple classes per day would last me pretty much the entire year. Uh, museum people don't use pencils because uh, pens are more permanent uh, and don't fade. Uh, that's why I don't use pens because uh, they're do, more permanent. I, I do. Yeah, I do a lot of math. No, no, no and I stuff like that. I get. Um, no, no, no. I get the uh, kind of uh, appeal of pencils over pens. That's an argument I can get behind because if for certain things, absolutely pencils are better. For example, why we're in this argument. Because like for what we need pencils for, we both need pencils for, mm -hmm. like it's better to use a pencil than a pen. Right. I, I'm behind you on that. Sure. We use pen more often because it's more permanent. We're always thinking about the fact that we're all going to die and we're all we're going to have left is the legacy written on pen and paper. Uh -huh. So that's a lot more permanent. If we could, we'd carve it into stone. I, but when it comes down to pencils, I think a good old fashioned fucking number two pencil is significantly better. Here's here's my Here, if you're you're coming at my bro Ticonderoga right now and you're really you're coming at it strong. <laughs> It's kind of hurting my feelings. Ticonderoga is a sensitive fellow or fella. Um, you can't just come at them like that. Here's my issue with the, with, with the normal pencils is, so I, I think they, they break fairly easy as well, uh, like the tips. Um, and once you break the tip off, now you got to sharpen it again. And there's, and lies the problem. Now you have, now you're introducing a second device to get the job done. Yeah, but... And not to mention... That second device doesn't jam. Mine doesn't jam. What are you... Mine what you have always fucking jammed. Where do you stick your mechanical pencils? I have never had an issue of mechanical pencils jamming. Also, mine always, my pencils are always the same length. I don't care. I don't care about the length. What are you? Some kind of, like, hyper-masculine person who's always caring about the length of your phallic instruments? No, there's just a certain point where you can't use Remember that time we were supposed to be small. talking about video game lore? Yeah. <laughs> this is a pencil podcast. <laughs> this is a pencil-pushing podcast. Okay? We love our P's and alliterations. <laughs> Fucking let's talk about Legend of Zelda. Okay. Good Christ. I don't... The Great War of 2018. Which pencil is better? <laughs> this is, by the way, the biggest fight Nick and I have ever gotten in. We are so adorable together, and we never get into fights. This is the biggest fight we've ever gotten in, and it resorted to us calling each other motherfuckers. So... <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about Majora's Mask, which is probably our my favorite... Zelda game. Mm, with Breath of the Wild out, I'd say Breath of the Wild is probably my favorite. Mm, but I think I'd have to play both again. But to I make think that decision. Part of the reason Breath of the I like Breath of the Wild so much is its gameplay. Right. If Majora's Mask and I like Majora's Mask for its story. Yes. And and not just its story, but its theories behind it. Yes. Uh, we're going to quickly, more less in depth and more quickly run through the story of Majora's Mask. 
um, so that we can talk about some of those theories because that's why you guys come here. I purposely left out two theories, the grief theory and the link is dead theory. Mm. The reason I left those two out is because if you want to watch the link is dead theory, watch game theories video. I can't do that justice. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to uh, look up the five stages of grief, that I believe is also in the link is dead theory because that's attached to that. Yeah, I believe so. So I would say give that game theory video a watch over our podcast and then come back for some of the other theories. When And especially because we're also more dealing with the lore itself than we are dealing with the themes. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to be dealing with character lore more than thematic lore. Yeah, yeah. So that was a decision I made because also I didn't feel like typing out the five. Yeah, a lot of it was because I didn't feel like typing it. <laughs> I... But um, let's begin. Uh, Majora's Mask is the first Legend of Zelda game that is canonically in the childhood timeline. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch our Zelda timeline video or podcast. We're not a video medium. Go back and watch our. Uh... You did it again. Go back and listen to our uh, timeline podcast. Yeah. Because that's where we break down how fucked up the Zelda timeline is. Yeah. Uh, But this is uh, the first one canonically in the childhood branch branch of it, which is directly after Ocarina of Time. Uh, Link or the Hero of Time. but I'm going to refer to him as Link. Just remember, hero of time. Yeah, he's, becomes important. He's later. the he's the same one from Ocarina. As a child, though. Yes, as a child. Yeah. Uh, Link is traveling to the lost woods uh, of Ocarina of Time fame, looking for a friend who left that is heavily implied to be Navi, which is what we named our podcast after. Hey, if you didn't catch that already, after thirty something episodes, get it? Because like fairy tales, Navi tales. I'm pretty sure we made that joke on our first episode. Did we? I don't, I don't know. About- I don't think we've ever broken down why we named it that. We well, sat in my kitchen for a good hour and a half trying to come up with names because neither of us could get one. It was, it's hard. <laughs> I'm not good at naming things. I'm usually okay at naming things, but I was just stumped on what to name a video game lore podcast. Because like, there was a couple ones that like I'd come up, I'd like think of, and then I'd look it up. Already taken. Like fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, but, but but we settled on Navi Tales. I like it. I do too. Uh, Link ends up getting ambushed by Skull Kid, who happens to be wearing a strange mask. And his two fairy friends, Tattle and Tail, which are spelled T-A-T-L and T-A-E-L. Also, we thought about naming something after Tattle or Tail, didn't we? I believe that was in the discussion for Navi Tales. Maybe. I don't know. We were really stuck on fairies. Um, <laughs> Skull Kid kind of recognizes Link and then says fuck it and goes through his shit where he takes his ocarina of time. Well, do you say ocarina or ocarina? Ocarina. Thank you. Um, while the Skull Kid attempts to play the ocarina, Link comes to and approaches the Skull Kid. He tries to lunge at the Skull Kid to reclaim his ocarina, but the imp quickly mounts Epona and takes off deep into the woods. <laughs> Link is able to hold on to the Skull Kid's leg for a little while before being thrown off, attempting to give chase on foot instead. Given no option, 
Link follows them into an entryway leading into a large hollow tree. Once inside, Link finds himself on the edge of a great hole and is too late to save himself from falling in. At the bottom, he encounters Skulkin. Skulkin then turns him into a Deku shrub and leaves. However, Tattle is separated from the crew and asks Link for help. On the way out, they discover the happy mask salesman, a strange man who peddles masks. He says he can turn Link back if he gets his ocarina, but in return, he needs to get his mask back from Skull Kid. Yeah, a lot of crazy things happen at the beginning. Yeah, I've played the beginning of this game more times than I've played any other part of this game, because I get like halfway through and go, ooh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I um. <laughs> And also, I can never find all the kids. Like, I have to, every time I have to look up a guide to find the kids in Clock Town, Clock Tower Town or whatever. Oh, yeah. I can never remember they all are, and that triggers me. So, and then, like, half the time the moon falls on my head, and I'm just like, fuck this game. This game's great. So, exiting the caves, Link and Tattle find themselves in the middle of Clock Town, uh, the geographical and economic center of Termina, which is a parallel world to Hyrule. Um, They discover they have to... They discover that they have arrived while the city is in full preparation for its annual festival known as the Carnival of Time. So little by little, Link learns that uh, a looming catastrophe is threatening the land, which is uh, the moon in the sky, has assumed a horrible, evil face, and has abandoned, it, abandoned its orbit uh, w- um, with intent to travel straight towards Termina and crash into it. Um, in three days. Uh, the moon will crash directly into Clock Town, presumably destroying all of Termina. Almost at the end of the third day, Link finds Skull Kid and gets his ocarina back. Uh, he finds out from Tail how, how to defeat Skull Kid and that the mask has taken him over. He has to travel to four different regions, um, but doesn't really have any time to figure uh, any more information out and um, ends up playing the Song of Time instead. Yeah, which... Uh... Which transports him back to um, when he first, yeah, um, first arrives in Termina. Real quick, I just want to talk about how Skull Kid's my favorite Zelda character. He's absolutely one hundred percent my favorite Zelda character, uh, which is part of the reason I like Dora's Mask so much. I also like him to the point where he was the first character I capped out in Hyrule Warriors, and I know he's DLC. I bought the game after the DLC came out. But I capped him out before I even capped out Linkle in Hyrule Warriors. And let me tell you, Linkle was my best character. Yeah, I played a little bit of your copy, and Linkle was pretty fun. I'm excited to pick that up for the Switch. Oh, I can't wait. The re-release for the Switch, because <clears> I had never actually played it. Yeah, we played a little bit of co-op here, but oh, I can't wait. Um, Link and Tattle are taken backwards in time and find themselves at the precise point in time when they arrived in Termina. Tattle recalls the happy mask salesman's promise, and the salesman promptly teaches Link the Song of Healing, sealing the curse placed upon Link within a Deku mask, allowing him to assume his Deku scrub form at his leisure. However, when he hears they failed to obtain Majora's mask, the frustrated happy mask salesman reveals to them the true nature of the ominous mask. It was created by a long-extinct tribe for use in their hexing rituals, but fearing misuse, they sealed it away to prevent a deadly cataclysm. Cataclysm. Ca- cataracts. <laughs> to prevent cataracts. They sealed the mask. Daniel! <laughs> That's funny because my brother's name is Daniel and he had he just got cataract surgery at the age of 20. 21? 21. He can drink. Yes. <laughs> 21. He was able to get, he had to get cataract surgery. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's also deaf. It's great. I love it. <laughs> and, and if you think I'm making fun of my brother, you're a little bit right. I love him with all my heart. But um, the kid's got some shit luck. Yeah, he really, <laughs> really kind of does. <laughs> like... He's got some shit luck. Uh, so Link then goes to the Southern Swamp, which has been poisoned. After dealing with some political miscommunication between some trees and some monkeys, uh, he goes and defeats the first dungeon, releasing the spirit inside the boss. Uh, the spirit teaches him the song that summons the giants that will push back the moon. Uh, he then heads uh, north to the mountains. Using the lens of truth, Link is able to see the ghost of Darmani, a fallen hero of the Gorons who reside in the mountain. He follows Darmani's ghost to his grave where he tells Link his story and um, how he's disappointed with dying before he could save his people. Uh, Link plays the Song of Healing, which allows um, him to heal Darmani's soul, uh, allowing him to pass um, from the moral realm, and his spirit is sealed inside the Goron mask, which Link uses to assume his form. He then solves some problems and is able to blow shit up. Yeah, like I said, we're running through this shit fast. When I said geo, uh, some political miscommunication between trees and some monkeys, like, there's a lot more to that yeah. between the Dekus and the monkeys. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't fucking matter yeah. to, like, the overall plot. It matters yeah. to, like, the story of the game and, like, playing through the game. Yeah, but, like, doing the, the overall importance to the plot, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all it's side just, shit. Yeah, it's just stuff for you to do. Yeah. It's filler. It's like those episodes of Goku charging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using a powder keg, Link is able to access Romani Ranch, when, where he is overjoyed to find his horse still alive despite the Skull Kid's earlier words. After promising Romani to help save the cows from mysterious invaders, Link has taught Epona's song, allowing him to summon Epona to his side in certain places. Using his horse, he is able to jump the fence leading to the Great Bay in the West. The bay has gotten too warm to support life, which is a problem. Close to the beach, Link finds a fatally injured Zora and helps him ashore. The Zora, whose name is Makau, uh, tells Link of the troubles that have befallen the Great Bay. Among them, the capture of the eggs of Lulu, his bandmate in, all, in the all-Zora band, the Indigo Goes. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at that I'll do what I want it's the worst pun in Nintendo history I don't care the indigo goes I don't care before collapsing Link heals his soul with the song of healing sealing his spirit inside a Zora mask using his new form's capacity for swimming Link is able to sneak inside the fortress of the pirates that captured Lulu's eggs he gets them and wakes a giant turtle up who fixes the bay you talk about like how, Indigo goes. No. Um, how, like, insane the visuals are when you put on the transformation masks. Oh, God, they're terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's... like, the mask is just, like, screaming with, like, black Yeah, eyes. in my opinion, this is the closest Zelda gets to a horror game. Like, this uh, is... Yeah. This is a fucking scary game. Yeah, it is. It's terrifying. Just look fucking up ever while you're playing this. Yeah. And they, you'll literally... There's that giant moon... The creepy ass face. Yeah, no, this game's pretty fucking terrifying, and I like it. Oh yeah, no, I love the the atmosphere of this game. Yeah, you feel very uncomfortable in Terminal. Yes, like it's not like Hyrule, which like 
be like do 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 like I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I'm like a terminal I'm just like this is weird and the three days thing is giving me anxiety can the clock stop please can I slow it down can I play you can slow it down actually yeah you have to play the song of time backwards I think so something like that it's been, it's been a while yeah I think that's it it's one of the songs you have to play one of the songs backwards mm. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know. You hear it. I know. Uh, So using uh, a mask he obtained from the Gorman brothers earlier, Link is able to enter Icona Canyon, uh, the once proud home of two warring nations. Uh, This inhospitable land is mostly devoid of living inhabitants. Um, A group of Gibdos uh, have surrounded a nearby house. And Link is able to restore the flow of water, activating the music box that is part of the house. Uh, then some more shit happens. More of the story is uh, the all the the four giants are freed that are gonna yeah. This is stop the this mood. is where things matter again. Um, you basically were releasing the four giants. Yeah, to hold, to hold up the moon. Yeah. So Link learns from the four giants that the Skull Kid was once their friend, whom they had to leave behind when they left Termina to guard the land from their sleep. Using the Oath to Order, Link summons the four giants on the eve of the Carnival of Time. They are indeed able to stop the moon from falling, and the Skull Kid is rendered unconscious. As a reunited Tattle and Tail celebrate their victory, however, the mask reveals itself to be capable of acting on its own power. It travels into the moon and is able to bring it down with more force, preventing even the four giants from stopping it from consuming everything. Though Tattle initially pleads with Link to restore time to the first day, he realizes that he must destroy the spirit within the mask to free the land. Link bravely ventures after the mask. Uh, Link ends up inside the moon. Uh, inside he finds fields and a tree, which is like one of the most like mirror opposite like locations to like this game. Yeah. It's just, but like, like- it's just like a calm field. Like if you picture like any like daydream frolicking through the field this is it just stick a tree in the middle and that's like part of how un- like unsettling this game is yeah and, and like it does this like the the moon with the ugly faces falling majora's in power you go after them and you end up in a beautiful field with a tree and a bunch of children yeah uh yeah so it's also entirely populated by uh children wearing masks that look like the bosses you've killed as well as one of them that's wearing uh, Majora's Mask. If Link trades all the masks he's has accumulated and solves the trials set forth by the children, the one wearing Majora's Mask will challenge him to a fight, and to make th- uh, the battle more fair, he presents him with the Fierce Deity's Mask. Um, you have to collect every single get- mask in the game um, to get Fierce Deity's Mask, so you have to do like all the side quests. Worth it! Oh, it is. <laughs> it is because the side quests are fun, and like yeah. a lot of the masks are fun and like useful for just going through the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you get the fierce deity's mask at the end, which is like the best fucking mask. So, like, fuck, why wouldn't fierce you? Fierce deity link is the reason I wake up in the morning. <laughs> fierce deity link is like if I were ever to get a Legend of Zelda tattoo, it'd have something to do with fierce deity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or like Majora's mask. Oh yeah, I, I still want. So I have I have an ocarina um, that I picked up at uh, Comic Con. Right. That actually works if you know how to play it. I I haven't learned yet, but it looks pretty. 
Um, but I also want uh, like a Majora's Mask, but they're f- fucking expensive. That's why I haven't bought one yet. A Majora's Mask Ocarina or? No, just like a Majora, like oh, the me mask. Too. Oh, me too. I, Because I've, I, I've seen them at cons before, but there's always like a hundred bucks. Yeah. For like would... handcrafted, whatever, handcrafted, machine crafted, whatever. Uh, masks that look really, really good. Um, I do want one because I think the mask is just visually pleasing to look at. And it looks so good in that fucking case. Somewhere. It really would. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how you get the, the Fierce Deities mask. Uh, after Link defeats the three forms of Majora, the mask is uh, rendered perilous and dawns a new day. The freaking thing is like creepy too. Like yeah, as it, as it goes through its forms, there's, like, one form where, like, the mask itself is its body, and it's got, like, these weird arms. Is that, I think that's the last yeah. form. I think it's, like, the mask floating, the mask floating with tentacles, yeah. and then, like, a humanoid body, but, like, the chest, like, torso is the mask, and then, like, its arms and legs are just, like, extensions of, like, it, the color scheme. Yeah, it's fucking It's weird. fucking creepy. And it, like, fucking runs around, like... Yeah. Some weird ass shit. It's kind of unsettling. Um, I love it. The four giants, uh, though they must depart once more, make friends with the Skull Kid, and the happy mask salesman has his mask. Uh, though hesitant, uh, Link leaves Termina behind to continue to search for his missing friend as the happy, happy inhabitants of Termina celebrate the Carnival of Time. Uh, a post credit scene reveals that Link and Epona made their way back through the Lost Forest, as they ride off towards a mysterious light that breaks through the dense forest. Uh, a large tree stump with carvings of Link, Skull Kid, uh, Tail, and Tattle, and the four giants is shown after. That's for the fun part. And now we get into the theories. So the, the first character that we need to talk about is Majora. So the mask itself is obviously sentient, sentient with the ability to speak through its host and shit. So what exactly is Majora? One theory is that it must resemble what the actual being known as Majora looks like, but we still do not know what that being is. It's thought that Majora was some kind of demon or god that fought the fierce deity. As a last-ditch effort to save itself, um, it could turn uh, it turned itself into a mask so that it wouldn't die. Uh, the deity, realizing that Majora could return and destroy Termina, fused his own powers into another mask to combat the demented demon. Majora always kept the other mask near it so it could exact its revenge when it was able when it would be able to destroy Termina. So when Link was about to fight Majora, Majora could give Link the Fierce Deity's mask in order to destroy his old enemy and his current one at the same time. Yeah, I think it makes sense because it's like kind of weird of like how it has the Fierce Deity's mask. It's just like, here you go, have it. It's one of the weirder parts of the game is that the uh, is that the kid wearing the Majora's mask gives you the Fierce Deity Mask, right. which makes you more powerful. Right. Why would Majora make you more powerful? Yeah. Like, it's one of the weirder parts of uh, how this game is set up, which is why there's a lot of theories around it. This mistake causes Majora to be killed permanently. Um, the motive may have been that Majora wanted to be worshipped by the, Termi- uh, the Terminians, but was rejected, causing his thirst for destruction of Termina. Something to consider is that Majora states, I shall consume, consume everything. Once it has taken control of the moon directly, no explanation for it saying that this is ever given, but it may explain its motive. This could mean it wanted to consume the negative emotions resulting from the destruction of Termina, 
making it more powerful. It could also mean that it wished for destruction to consume Termina, showing its sadistic streak. Another explanation is that Majora considered causing misery and destruction to be playing. This is supported by Majora stating upon being confronted in the moon that it wanted to play with Link and then engaged him in battle. Given Majora's obvious insanity, this is easy to explain. It's possible that the rituals it was used in made it believe this. And it's also weird and like kind of ties into that how like you see children and and like the field so like not just like some weird beings or adults it's like you see children wearing the, these masks. Skull Kid the Skull Kid like the being that is Skull Kid, the imp is like inherently playful. But I think that Majora is too. I think most of the conversation we have in Majora's Mask with Skull Kid isn't with Skull Kid. It's with Majora. I think that that possession happened pretty fucking fast. Yeah. That's my... That's how I've always interpreted it. Like, we're not talking to Skull Kid. He's using Skull Kid as a kind of conduit. Um, yep, I was just about to say that. Aww. Wow, look at that. Uh, Twins. And, uh, it's mostly Majora communicating. So that's what I've always believed. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so now we're going to talk about the Fierce Deity itself. Um, so uh, it is implied that the being itself is significantly stronger and an enemy of Majora. Fierce Deity's powers may even be darker than that which resides in Majora's mask, as Majora calls him the true bad guy, though this may just be a lie or an exaggeration on the part of Majora. And that Majora considers himself a hero, so his, uh, and his antagonist would be the villain. Yeah. Um, this statement is only presented in the dubbed version, however, and not in the original Japanese version. Another theory is that Fierce Deity is Link's Termini- Terminian counterpart uh, due to the resemblance between him and Link, and um, that there's no definite counterpart to Link um, in-game. Uh, though Link's other alternate forms retain some aspect of his appearance, the transformation masks themselves do not. So he turns into, like, he's the Deku mask, or the Goron mask, or the Zora mask. They look like Dekus, Zoras, or whatever. Yeah. Or Gorons, but the mask themselves. Not yeah. When Link does it, he looks a little bit like Link still. But. Yeah. Um, however, the Fierce Deity mask itself shares Link's hat and some of his facial features, uh, even when not in use. And while and while in use, Fierce Deity's um, voice is the same th- of that of Adult Link from Ocarina of Time. The description of the mask as being filled with dark power does not affect uh, this theory, since morality is not always con- consistent between Hyrulean and Terminian counterparts, as seen by the differences between the two incarnations of Talon and Mr. Barton. Yeah, that's the other thing that's always interested me. The Fierce Deity Mask is considered dark. I mean, you look at it, it's kind of like edgy. Got a dark power to it. I just think that what it means is like its power is corrupting. I It's one of those things where like it's not like a holy power, but it's power. Yeah. You need to realize like when you look at the Triforce, you have wisdom, courage, and power. And, like, Ganondorf is power. 
Yeah. Like power doesn't inherently say good or bad. It's just that power is corrupting, which is where the the power of the fierce deity mask is. That's why Link only wears it in that battle. It's like uh, in Dragon Ball Z, Vegito. Or they don't stay Vegito in the original run uh, because of the power that comes with it. So, yeah. I just think that that's that's what it is. It's the the corrupting power of power. It's just raw power, not good or evil power. Yeah, yeah. And, And raw power can create things like Ganondorf. Yeah. Who is interestingly absent from this game. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with that because he's kind of in every game. <laughs> he, he is literally kind of in shoehorned into every game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm okay with them having a game or two without Ganondorf as the main antagonist. Yeah. I think that's a, the other reason that Majora's Mask sticks out so much. Yeah, because even like games like Twilight Princess where you have like Zask, he eventually just fucking gets pushed aside for Ganondorf at the end. And then even in Skyward Sword, you have, uh, what's his name? Uh, the weird fucker, the demon oh, guy, the demon yeah. blade. Uh, who oh, what's his name? I don't know. Ends up. I know that the demon that ends up being part of the reason Ganondorf is reincarnated is because of that guy. Yeah, like Ganondorf in one way or another ends up in most games. Yeah, and then in Breath of the Wild, he's the calamity. But uh, yeah, so it's it's okay not having Ganondorf in a game. Yeah. Um. Now we have the Happy Mask Salesman. So uh, the Happy Mask Salesman is a weird fucker. His temper is erratic at best and has the ability to sometimes appear out of nowhere. So what is he? It's possible that the Mask Salesman is an ancient one or descendant thereof. Uh, Although he says the tribe has disappeared, this could only refer to the original members and not include any offspring they subsequently had. The strongest evidence for this theory is his unusual knowledge of the tribe's history and actions. Also, his meaning of trapping evil magic and troubled spirits within masks through the Song of Healing is quite feasibly something the Ancient Ones used to affect the spirit of Majora's confinement within the mask. He has unusual and powerful magical abilities, such as teleportation and making a piano appear out of fucking nowhere. Yep. Um, uh, the Ancient Ones are already described as magic users, and their sealing of vastly powerful mask within shadow indicates a similar... Uh, similarly unusual and powerful magic. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah. The the mask salesman's another really unsettling part of this game. Oh yeah, just like the way he talks and his like, mannerisms. He's an ocarina of time. Is a mask salesman an ocarina of time? Is the same one. Yeah, but he's much more creepy in this game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like fitting, like fittingly so, but like that's to the point where, like, in the Ben Drowned creepy pasta. He's like uh, an important one. Also, he has that quote that everyone knows. You've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is like really unsettling. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, so next we're going to talk about the, the twi- Twi'le. Yeah. Um, it's possible that the Twi'le could have something to do with the creation of Majora's Mask. Uh, the Twi'le are in the childhood timeline. The mask it's, uh, itself has a lot of visual ties with the tw- with what the Twi'le look like. Um, but then there's also uh, this quote that says, The mask was stolen from me. It's called Majora's Mask. It is an accursed item from, the, from legend that is said to have been used by an ancient tribe 
in its hexing rituals. According to legend, the troubles caused by Majora's masks were so great, the Ancient Ones, fearing such catastrophe, sealed the mask away in shadow forever, preventing its misuse. This could lead one to believe that the sealed in shadow part of the statement could mean the Twilight Realm. Yeah, and like if you look at the visual similarities between some of the, I guess, armor, like uh, if you look at Minna, mm-hmm. the, the thing she has over her eye, looks almost exactly like the eyes of Majora's Mask. Like it's, yeah, yeah. And a lot of Zant's stuff, like on his headdress, look a lot like Majora's Mask stuff. It's really like, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, that parallel isn't just a visual coincidence. Yeah, especially because they're like two separate games. Yeah, I think the Twilight are somehow connected with Majora's Mask. I don't know how. Yeah. But I, I would venture to say that that was an, an intentional visual choice. Yeah, I believe so. Um, the final thing we want to talk about is just something I like talking about because I'm weirdly obsessed with this character. Yeah, it's really dope. Uh, the Hero's Shade. Uh, in Twilight Princess, Link encounters a being known as the Hero's Shade. It happens that the Shade is actually the Hero of Time or the same Link from Majora's Mask. Uh, having died lamenting he was never remembered as a hero and not passing down his skills, he shares them with this generation's hero. Uh, he even appears as a wolf, much like Link does in the, twi- in, well, in the real realm. Not the realm of the undead where Link trains with the shade, yeah. but in the actual realm he appears as a golden wolf. Yeah. Uh, this could be partly because he was cursed to remain in the Lost Woods, because anyone who is not Kokiri are uh, cursed to remain lost in the woods forever which would explain why he's still alive. Uh, he's also wearing a royal guard armor, so maybe he went back to Hyrule, served as a royal guard, then ended up back in the woods somehow. It's really ambiguously said, but it is confirmed for a fact that it is the hero of time. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he even fights left-handed, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not super prevalent to Majora's Mask story, but I want it's just something that fascinates me because it's the only time in any of the Legend of Zelda games two links meet. Yeah. That, yeah. Because Link is a reincarnation. Yeah, he usually is. And like it's the spirit of the hero. But like just this the shade itself is dead. Like you can even theoretically find its gravestone. There's a gravestone in one of the graveyards about the hero of time. Uh, or it's an implied it's about the hero of time but you so it doesn't break the the chain of reincarnation but it's the only time that a hero the hero of twilight meets the hero of time which is very i think cool to me yeah no it's really cool especially because like it's like usually like every game has its own with like the exception of like a couple has its own link and like this one is like been in three games. It's been in Ocarina. It's been in Majora's, and technically, it's been in Twilight. Yeah. Um. I think the only one that does that there's like another like one of the the cartoon or looking links. The Wind Waker Link is in a couple games. No, the Phantom Hourglass Link is in a couple games. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I forget what that one's called. The Hero of Bullshit. The Hero uh, of Train Tracks. No, no, <laughs> it has a name. It's the uh, what's the realm that you go to in Phantom Hourglass? I don't, I don't give a shit. I, I, I just realized I don't give a shit. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he th- there's a couple Legend of Zelda games that have the heroes cross like carry over. Uh, I know a link to the past and Link's Awakening are the same link. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, Link's Awakening is another one of my favorite Zelda games. Also, doesn't have Ganondorf as the villain. Also, entirely useless narratively. It's all a dream. Anyway, it's not even Link's dream. I, it's yeah. a giant fish's dream. Yeah. So, uh, but the uh, I, I just th- always thought it was really cool that the hero shade shows up in Twilight Princess at all. No, yeah, I thought it was really dope too. Uh, and with that, that's what we have for this. There are so many theories. Uh, I mean, like I said, I didn't even dive into the five stages of grief and the Link is dead theory. But, uh, or like, there's one where like, Navi's dead. Like, it's one of the theories. Everyone's fucking dead. <laughs> this game's dark, so everyone's assuming everyone's dead. Yep. Uh, and to some degree, I think they're right. Uh, but um, <laughs> I think that it's much more interesting to dive into what exactly Majora and the deity itself were. Yeah. In my opinion, because they're very ambiguous. They're very ambiguous, and they're very, they're like more prevalent than you'd expect. Like getting the fierce deity mask surprised me my first time, because I've always been the kind that like when I when they have like collectible gear in a game, I'm like, well, I need it all. <laughs> I need all of it. Anything that'll change my appearance. Like if you look at my Breath of the Wilds thing, I have all of it. Yeah, I have, I have every Legend of Zelda amiibo because I wanted all of it. Yeah, I think I have all the two. I think we're just missing the Skyward outfit. I have it. Oh, no, we do. We got that. That's yeah. right. We have it now. Yeah, we have all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have it. Same thing with so, Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey, I have everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, except the three that just came out, I haven't felt like grinding yet. Um, I have those. Of course you do. But uh, with that, I think we're done talking about Majora's Mask. Yeah. Unless you have any final thoughts. No. I mean, I just really like the game as a whole it's uh it's a definitely a weirder game in the legend of zelda how like the side quests i feel like are pretty meaningful yeah like especially with the whole one with the wedding the wedding i was gonna say the wedding one i think that's like the biggest one everybody points to but it's it's, with it's big yeah it's like a big multi-day i think it spans all three days and like you have to get everything right yeah um, it's hard to get the mask. It's hard like, when you're 12. But like it fucking <laughs> fucking tastes your heartstrings a bit. Yeah, oh yeah. Because it's sad. But yeah, I just I just really love. And you get that stupid. I played mask. Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask back to back for the first when I played yeah. it for the first time. Um, Ocarina first and then Majora's Mask. And I I get why people love Ocarina of Time, but like, goddamn, do I think Majora's Mask is like way above ocarina personally i think it's better narratively like i said i, th- I think that majora's mask is more interesting narratively and i think uh ocarina of time is more encompassing of the hero's journey itself like it is a bit more satisfying than majora's mask when it comes to its I plot know. i guess i don't know but i didn't feel like that <laughs> i I, I, I could i don't I, I don't agree with what I said. I just can... I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Kind of figure it out myself. I got you. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I... I enjoyed Ocarina. Don't get me wrong, but, like... enjoyed Majora's Mask significantly more. Oh, yeah. I feel you on that. It's also harder, in my opinion. Majora's Mask is significantly harder Well, yeah, because you, you have the whole... The whole time thing. Yeah. Which I thought was a great mechanic. But I know a lot of people bitch about it. But, like, I don't know. I, like, I really liked the whole, like... 
you have you're on a time limit to solve everything, but then you like you can reset and yeah. like try again. Type of thing. I don't know. I liked it. Anyways. As we like to end every episode, Nick, what you been playing? So um I don't know, we'll start with Odyssey since we talked about that. I've been playing Mario Odyssey because the they gave us some free DLC with the three new outfits. It's and... even really a DLC. It was more of an update that yeah. just added content. Yeah, I guess that's a better way to say it. Um, the three outfits and the Balloon World minigame. Um, surprisingly fun. It's, it's like fun to pick up and play for like a couple minutes. Um, great way to grind coins. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, if you, you could, I was playing today because I was trying to get a couple of outfits I didn't have and like I got 6,000 coins and like, like nothing. That's awesome. I'm like it's significantly faster than the Bowser's Kingdom one that everybody has done. You can get 200 coins every run. Yeah. Yeah. Every two minutes or whatever. So yeah, significantly faster. So yeah, I did that. Um, also, at the time of recording this, uh, it was the one year anniversary of Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh really? Um, so there's been some cool shit for that. I got like a cool theme for my PlayStation that like does like a slideshow of I believe it was described as like the best pictures players took in game with the photo mode. Oh, that's fucking awesome! So actually, it's like really pretty. Um, it's free, and then they put avatars too. But I was more concerned with the theme because it looks dope. Yeah, the only avatar I'm ever gonna need is dandelion. So, <laughs> um. And then tying in with that, they right now they're doing a event in Monster Hunter World called the Proving, and it's great because the the description for it's like go out, it like it's it's your time to do the proving, like go out and hunt and then like present your winnings to the All Mother, and I was like, oh, it's adorable. So you you grind you grind that quest and you get rewards and you put those rewards to making uh, a set that turns you into. Um, Aloy herself, and you could also craft her bow. Yeah, you sent me a picture of being Aloy. So. Yeah, so that just makes my heart happy. That yeah. I can run around and hunt monsters as Aloy. Um, Which you could do in Horizon Zero Dawn, too. But, but now I can do I can do it more. <laughs> <laughs> and I can hunt dinosaurs that aren't robots. I can hunt non-robots. Um, and I think that's all. I've been just playing more Monster Hunter. I'm high rank now. Um, still not done. I don't think I'm not, I'm not done with the campaign yet, but, uh, yeah. Monster Hunter World is great. Yeah. I, and Josh won't play it. I almost picked it up on Friday, uh, but instead of picking up Monster Hunter World on Friday, I picked up Bayonetta, which is... Which, to be fair, is fine with me. <clears throat> which is pretty incredible. Uh, having never played the Bayonetta series, I'm uh, playing Bayonetta, Bayonetta 1 right now, and I am loving the hell out of it. That game is gratuitously violent, weirdly sexual, but like so over the top sexual that I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like the obviously, like the main character is a, a very attractive woman, but like so over the top sexual. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Japanese people are weird. Yeah, she's I, like, but it's like super. Se- she's super sexualized, but like. Fucking also kicks ass, and, yeah, so it's okay. And she's also like an empowered sexualized. It's oh, not yeah. like a bunch of dirty. It's not like uh, how I felt in Metal Gear Solid Five with Quiet. <laughs> yeah, like Quiet is sexualized because someone wanted to see a naked lady. 
Bayonetta is sexualized because the character wants to be. Yeah. Like, she is choosing to sexualize herself, which uh, I think is better. Look, I'm just a man. <laughs> I uh, I like to think I'm a feminist, but I'm just a man. I, I, sorry. Um, In theory. The, uh, so that's been incredible. Uh, hard as hell sometimes, but really incredible. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Bayonetta 2. Yeah, I think Bayonetta 2 is so much better. Um, there's also some really cool Nintendo costumes in Bayonetta. The Nintendo costumes are great. Uh, I ran around a Samus for a bit. That was pretty great. Uh, the, I've been playing Injustice 2. I have the turtles capped out. Uh, they're great. I stand by what I said where I think they're perfectly mid-tier. But Leonardo, Leonardo's my favorite mm-hmm. by far. Uh, I also was playing a little bit of Hellboy because I got to keep my Hellboy game going strong. Boy. Hail to ye. Uh, and then I picked up Payday 2 for my Nintendo Switch, which pisses Nick off. Mm-hmm. Um, Because there's so many other games I could be playing, and instead I'm playing Payday 2. Yeah, Josh just keeps picking up games he's already played instead of playing the games that he hasn't played. But I just want to rob banks. I don't know what's wrong with that. I mean, morally, there's a couple things, but... Can I just steal nuclear warheads for a Russian guy, please? No. You never let me have it. We're going to get demonetized. Yeah. Wrong platform. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, wrong platform. I would probably get demonetized anyway, although none of us have tased a rat yet, so (laughs) at least we're above that. Uh, Tune in next week. Tune in in next week for us tasing a dead rat. Um... I think that's all I've been playing. I got Thanos capped out. Oh, God. I forgot this game existed. In Future Fight. Josh hasn't talked about this game in so long. It was kind of it was kind of great. I still played it every day. It was kind of great. I played it every day. I've been grinding the one character for the last month, at least. And I got my Thanos capped out. And because of that, I was able to finish running through the chapter in the story mode I was in. And because I finished that chapter, I got Odin, which I'm super hyped about. So now I'm going to level up Odin. Well, <laughs> I hate you so much. But I'm going to piss you off. I caught Rayquaza in Pokemon Go. Cool. Fucking Rayquaza. I support that. Did you get a shiny Dragonite? No. Unfortunately. Sorry. I got a look at something and found a random. I found in the same day. And I didn't own either of these. I found a Lickitung and a Blissey. Nice. In the wild. Cool. I was like, okay. And then I tried to do and then I tried to catch Kyogre, but You're it still didn't. the only person I know who plays Pokemon Go. Uh there's actually a significant amount of people who still play. You're the only or one. Or else I, know. I would not be able to do the legend raids. You're uh the oh, only one I know. I have a pass for is it, is it next week? Next Friday? Next Friday I get to do a Mewtwo raid. Oh nice. Because um, if you do not know, those uh, raid passes are sent specifically for a specific day and time and place to sp- random people, specific people, to do Mewtwo. And I got one the other day. Nice! And I've never gotten one before, and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to get one because it's fucking random. But I got one, so hopefully I can actually catch the fucker because legends are hard to fucking catch. I hope you do. And my Thanos is going to remain capped out. <laughs> um... And 
because we can now do this, uh, we are quickly going to uh, look into our Dungeons and Dragons corner. Last night, Nick and I and a couple friends began our first Dungeon and Dragon campaign together. Yeah. Uh, let me grab my notebook real quick so I can quote it. Oh yeah, Josh took notes on what was happening. Uh, because I'm me. I Which actually it. isn't a bad thing. There was because there was a couple things we need to remember, like for long term. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the name of the kingdom we are in is Kingdom at the End of the World, which is. Uh, first off, our dear friend, who if you've listened to our Five Nights at Freddy's episode, interrupted too much. Our dear, dear friend, uh, Zach, or Bro, is our dungeon master. Now, Bro is the sweetest, kindest man I've ever met. He also is painfully obsessed with bovine. So, uh, his kitchen is scary. Yeah. The the only thing worse in his kitchen is his bathroom, because his wife is obsessed with dolphins, and his bathroom has more dolphins. Yeah. So it's a lot of dolphins and a lot of cows. They're a weird couple. Mm. Anyway, he's our dungeon master and wrote out this entirely original campaign all by himself, which I think is fucking awesome. And, yeah. and it's so far, it's been a great campaign, but let's walk through it. So we are at the kingdom at the end of the world, which is a Northern kingdom, uh, cold. They only get like 45 days of spring. Uh, the King is King Balzer Ipis, who is a dragonborn. And the queen is uh, Let Ricks, who is a halfling. And it's all about equality and races. Um, now, if you couldn't tell by Kingdom at the End of the World, he has made the acronym for this place Cowie uh, and has made the top export from Cowie uh, Cow Manure from Highland Cows. He also has a crest. Yep. Which is a cow taking a shit. <laughs> we are soldiers in the army of Cowie, which means we all are mm. tattooed uh-huh. with the Christ. seal of Cowie, which means we all have bullshit tattoos. <sighs> and I hate him for it. <laughs> yep. I legitimately resent our dungeon master for this. Yep. We literally walk around with bullshit on our arms. I was so mad. Um, but uh, the we're we're going on a uh, mission called an outreach for from the king directly. Uh, there's only seven outreaches at one time, and it could potentially be a suicide mission. We are searching for some guards that went missing. Uh, we've gotten to the first tower that overlooks the plains. Uh, it was about a five-hour walk from where we were, and in it, we we on the way we fought some wolves, uh, and in it we uh, kind of know something happened. A beast broke into the tower. There was a yeti shaking on the tower, which is how we ended our last session. We beat the yeti. Yeah. Um, but uh, we don't have all of our answers Fuck yet. That yeti. That thing had so much health. That thing had so much health. Oh my god. Uh, real quick. Um, I am, uh, Rue, what was that name? Fucking, why did I forget my name? Rue Goldberg. No, it's, um, <laughs> Rudar, I believe. Yeah. Rudar Bowbreaker. I am a human fighter with the, uh, variant entertainer background, which is gladiator. Um, 
so I am kind of like a boastful guy going through it. Uh, you are... Uh, I'm a human sorcerer who's also a, has like a background in... Is it a background? He's a sage, too. Yeah, that's his uh, inspiration. His inspiration is a sage, so he's... And, it, a lot and of your shit. name is Icarus Thanatos. Yes. <laughs> which is pretty fun. Like, it was very Greek and very edgelord. I loved it. It was great. Um, we are also playing with a halfling rogue, yep. an elf ranger, and a dragonborn bard, <laughs> which I think is pretty great in my opinion. Uh, but overall, it's it, it was a really good first session in my opinion. No, yeah, it was he's, really fun. Re, he's a really solid DM. Uh, for this is his first time DMing. Josh is also um, because his his he <laughs> <laughs> knows exactly what I'm gonna say. His character is very like. Very like a ladies' man and show like a showman. Um, he's he's been trying to swoon the dragonborn bard because it's uh the uh the bard's a female, so um the dungeon master had him roll for performance <laughs> and to swoon. And what did she have to roll to to try and resist your swoon? Oh, I forget. He she had a roll to resist his swoon, but every time I think I think she had just had to roll against my performance roll. I thought he had something. I think it was like, I, but I thought it was like inside or something. Regardless, Maybe. they had to they had a roll for the swoon, and uh, Josh has won every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm successfully seducing it. By the way, the Which player, is the funniest thing, the yet. player for the dragonborn bard is the dungeon master's wife. wife. <laughs> so she's having, she is not having any of this. She's so mad that <laughs> she keeps losing the swoon battle, and he is loving it. Uh, it's pretty fucking great. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a, been a great campaign so far. We have a pretty solid crew. Um, I'm looking forward to future adventures with this group. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be fun. Yeah, I, it was it was a really fun uh, first session. So that is our uh, Dungeons and Dragons corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more Dungeons and Dragons stuff, let us know. Uh, if you don't, we're probably gonna just do a mini corner just to talk about it because we have no friends other than ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you should check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore tales. Again, that is at Navi underscore tales. Uh, send us pictures of your Dungeons and Dragons games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, um, uh, got anything else? Yeah. Tell your friends about us. Tell your coworkers about us. Tell your mom about us. Tell your dad. Tell your grandma. Tell your aunt. Tell I your would uncle. love to talk to your nana. I want to talk to Gam Gam. Go, leave us a nice review or a bad one. Whatever. We'll take we'll take criticism on iTunes. If you if you want to do that, you can also leave some comments on SoundCloud. Where and yeah, just because we we actually do go through them and look at them, hence the Doki Doki Literature Club thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, where we might do that because and not knowing anything about it, we're gonna have to do a lot more research combined. But we, it's a possibility in the future. Don't think I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Fucking, I hate those weeaboo games. <laughs> um, but. I I know that some people do like it, and I've heard the story is pretty incredible. So I mean, I know what it is, but I I, I know you're pr- pretty much in the dark about it. Hundred percent. I I watched the game three videos on it. So I I'm, that's I'm, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna watch the GT live playthrough. I'm pretty pretty like I got I got the concept of it. So yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. See, uh, we'll tune in next time for we'll... some more. 
lore. Lore. And us talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Some more tales. Some more tales from the Navis. Until next time. <laughs> we'll see you. Love you. Bye. Using a powder... Uh, <clears throat> That was cute. Was adorable. Leave it in. This is uh, supported by Majora stating upon original Japanese version. Another theory is that feast. Another theory is that fierce deities, fierce deities. Another theory is that fierce deity Link. Uh, Another theory is that fierce deity is Links. It's not that fucking hard. It is not. I typed it right. Like, I know. It's just even, like it's twisting my. This tongue. isn't even me messing up. No, I know. It's it's right. It's just like. The words are twisting my tongue for some fucking reason, and I don't know why. And I don't know why. Why you shake your head at me? Huh? Because, like, I get it when I type shit weird. Like, I get, I get why people would do that. I typed this proper. I'm not saying it's not typed proper. I'm saying for some reason, it's twisting my tongue. Oh, I'd twist your tongue, baby. It's trying to French. This sentence is trying to French me. <laughs> I am feeling very assaulted by this sentence. And slightly aroused. A little bit. A little bit. Although he says the tribe itself has disappeared, this could only refer to the original members and not. You wanna uh, just stop? That's pretty loud. So, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I live like right next to an airport. Like I live. I don't think we've actually had this problem though. Every now and then, you can hear them like this. But, like, it wasn't that bad. This one's, like, like I really noticed it. I really don't think I've noticed, like, airplanes flying by when we I, record Nick, before. I gotta be honest, I never do. I know, because you're, <laughs> you're used to it. Yeah. But, like, that one was fucking loud. Yeah, every now and then, they'll be loud like that. Uh, but I live uh, right next to an airport. I'm probably less than 10 minutes away Yeah, driving to, to this airport. So all day, there's planes flying over my head. Uh, and, and I never even notice them anymore. Uh, what I do notice is when I went to college, I noticed that there wasn't airplanes flying over my head, hmm. which was weird. I'm also convinced my babies, if I ever have them, are going to be fucked up because I lived so close to an airport and breathed jet fuel for so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit about my life. Uh, I live near an airport in high school we had a falling out and we, he apologized he, he blamed me for everything wrong in his life after i literally let him live in my house whatever it's some bullshit he um uh i went to his wedding and stuff but he he's trying to uh <laughs> he's been trying to hang out but like we both have fucked up lives because he's married and works as an electrician and i am busy during weeks so he texted me, he goes, what are you doing Sunday? I'm like, dunno, why? He goes, trying to fuck? Oh shit, chill, stupid autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> are we recording? Can we catch this all on the podcast? Can we got yeah. a live reaction? A live reaction to the Vans Warped Tour last one. Can we... Alright, podcaster, podcast world. What is it even? We are looking at the Vans Warped Tour lineup that apparently got released. Um, Where is it? <laughs> There's no button that says like bands there's usually like a tab that says bands am i missing something
Hello? Hello? So we are going to be looking at the lineup. I, if I find it. don't go to concerts often. Uh, Nick goes to a lot of concerts. And uh, the reason I'm looking is because there's a rumor that my favorite band will be there. Say anything. And if my favorite band will be there, I will go. So we are trying to find out if... Because they literally just tweeted five minutes ago. The final fans warp toward lineup, and they put a link to the website. <laughs> <laughs> the noise is But, perfect. like, literally the top with all the tabs is, like, tickets, dates, news, store, warped 101, some blog, sponsors, nonprofit, contact. Can I look at news? the replies to this tweet? It's a video. Oh, is it that video? Okay. There's a video on the... On the main page. Okay. I'm going to play the video. Yeah, someone took a screen cap of the video. <clears throat> so I'm looking at some of the ones. Oh, God. I don't see saying anything. He's pissed. <laughs> yeah. I don't see anything. I'm not Hold fucking up. going. I'm just watching this video here. Riveting. The used display. Oh shit. The used is playing if you want to be reminded of. Fucking Twisted is playing. Do you know who Twisted is? No. Do you know who Insane Clown Posse is? Yes. They are signed under Psychopathic Records. They're basically the worst version of Insane Clown Posse. Oh, good. I know that from my Juggalo days. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. This is just video is just people painting a wall. Yeah, they're painting the bands on the wall. No, they're painting the logo. No, they're painting the bands on the wall. Oh. We're going to get all the bands. Oh Say anything is not on this list, so I could give less of a fuck about this fucking <clears throat> Warped Tour. You know what you're saying, Josh? This is the last Warped Tour. Why don't you care? Because I don't give a fuck. Warped Tour can die for all I care. These tour things were cool when I was in high school. Almost 25 now. I could give less of a shit. That's why I'm kind of glad it's the last one. Yeah. Like, I know that a bunch of people our age are going to be there because of nostalgia. Like, that's going to fucking happen. Because, like, oh shit, it's the last Warped Tour. Let's get on on this. Why didn't they... I just want, like, a, a list. Okay, so I got a little bit of a list. 303, Knuckle Puck, Mayday Parade, Real <laughs> Big Fish, State Champs, The Wildlife, Water Sparks, Asking Alexandria, Beartooth, Bowling for Soup, Frank Turner... The Interrupters and Sum 41 are all on one stage. The next stage is Issues, Movements, Real Friends, Simple Plan, The Main, Tonight Alive, We the Kings, All Time Low, Falling in Reverse, Four Years Strong, Less Than Jake, The Used, Taking Back Sunday. Uh, the next stage is Chelsea Grin. Oh my god, there's a band named D's Nuts. And that gives <laughs> me straight up heartburn. <laughs> Einstein Kills, uh, Kubali Khan, My Children, My Bride. Sharp Tooth, The Amity Affection, Twisted, Wage War, Silverstein. The next stage is Crown the Empire, Dayseeker, Every Time I Die, Hail the Sun, Harm's Way, and Hearts Wake, Motionless and White, because they play everything. Next, Krago, Bli I don't care. Unearth, August Burns Red, uh, Knocked Loose, and Under Oath. Uh, the final stage is As It Is, Assuming We Survive, 
Broadside, Capstan, Chasing Al- uh, Chasing Atlantic, Dead Girls Academy, Dollskin, Don Bracco, Grayskin, Makeout, uh, Player Royale, something that looks like Pineapple, Sleep on It, Story Untold, Trash Boat, with Coincidence. So weirdly enough, I could give less of a shit. I mean, some 41 would be pretty cool to see, but like, I'm not... 16 pretending to be in a band anymore, <laughs> so I don't listen to Sum 41. It's just weird that like this list is literally like pretty much that leaked list we were looking at. Except for Say Anything. <laughs> Except for Say Anything. <laughs> if you guys haven't listened to Say Anything, you should. Say Anything is a great band that does great things and make great music. Just a bunch of Jews. That sounds anti-Semitic. I'm not kidding. They sing a lot about Jews to the point that they have an album that's called Hebrew. They, like... That's not, like, a Semitic thing. Um, I mean, yeah, this slam's pretty pretty dope. I'll probably go. We'll see. It'll probably be, like, a last-minute decision, because you can do that with Warp Tour. Yeah, right. Unlike uh, other... Unlike other concerts, we have to buy the day of, or they get fucking sold out. I wish I could go on this fucking tour. They're doing say anything's doing an anniversary tour uh, for their album in defense of the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called the In Defense Anniversary Tour, and I would love to go to that because I like In Defense better than New Say Anything personally. Holy shit, he's old. Well, that's that. So I can give less of a shit. Hi, welcome to Navi Tales, this music anal- uh, analysis podcast we do. That is not going to be the intro. That was way too long of us not saying a lot. Yeah. That's not the call open. There's no way. <sighs> I'm allowing that. Will not allow. <laughs> I veto. Oh, fine, you can veto. I feel like I had something to talk about, but I don't remember now. My hands smell like fucking ribs. Um, welcome to <laughs> <laughs> My hands smell like ribs. No, I veto that cold open. We ain't talking about your hand smells. We ain't talking about. You got span. I, uh. It's been less than 24 hours since I've seen you last. Since you looked at me? No, since I've seen you last. Dude, I, I think I'm going to do the podcast like this. I can't see you. I'm just straight up looking at you through my pop filter. That's fine. You're looking at me through the glass. Don't know how much time has passed. Dude, that's a band I like, too. Too bad they never fucking play. Are they still a thing? Stone Sour? Fuck yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, you're right. Corey Taylor does more Stone Sour than it does Slipknot at this point. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um...